Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. If we asked you, where are your sins, what would your answer be? Surely you wouldn't respond that you don't have any sins. God says we have all sinned, and if you're honest, you would have to agree that God is entirely and totally right. We are not the great people that many of us think we are. We have all sinned in thought, word, and deed. We have even sinned in not doing what we know to be right and good, and these are called sins of omission. The Bible is clear on this description of us, and sins become heavier as time goes on. They accumulate, they get entangled, they make life complicated and difficult. What burdens they are! How can we ever get rid of them? In today's message, evangelist Mr. Bill Seal takes a look at the picture of sin in our lives as a heavy burden and uses visual illustrations for his audience. We trust that you can still follow along and understand the points in the gospel he is trying to get across today. If you look at a picture like this, and some of you are more familiar with this than others I know, you see a soldier, not just that he's in his gear, has his weapons, but particularly what he's carrying, this load that is his, this pack that is his. And I want to emphasize the fact that it's his. The men behind him, they have their own responsibilities. Another example of this would be, uh, I remember when I was in school, I used to, back in the days when we used to watch 16 millimeter films, (laughs) it was a special time in class when we were able to do that. Everyone got excited. But um, back in those days, they, they used to have safari hunts. This is just one of the examples of them. There would be the man who's shown there in the beginning at the very front. He would have a team with him. And all of those men, in the background, uh, even the one carrying the flag, uh, another one carrying a rifle. But the rest of the men that are carrying these large packs, they were called bearers. That's what their name was. They were called bearers. They had an individual responsibility, and that responsibility, each of them had their own pack to carry. It was theirs. It wasn't anyone else's. They couldn't carry someone else's because they had their own. Obviously, we're not here to talk about that, but I, I hope, I hope, and I've prayed over and over again that uh, God would just use His Word to speak to individual hearts. I know there are those that are listening right now, and you're not saved. I hope you understand the danger that you are in. You are in incredible danger, and it's not danger that you have to worry about next year or next month, but right now. I think sometimes. Uh, Even in the situation we're in now, you know, you hear of people that are dying who have died, people who seem to be well, and then a couple of hours later, they have died. The danger, the uncertainty of our time. So here's these ones with this responsibility that they have. So we're going to read a couple of scriptures, and I want to underline the truth that these words, the Word of God, 
these words are from God that can't lie, and he has made us promises. Thankfully for the child of God, so many of those promises are promises of joy and wonder and salvation and life and peace. But the same God has made promises, the same God who can't lie concerning punishment and condemnation as a result of sin, the truth of his holiness. And we can't forget that side of who God is and what he has promised to us. John 8 and 21 is where I want to read first. And actually, the Lord Jesus is speaking to primarily a group of so-called religious people. They thought they were okay as they were. They thought they were okay in their religion. They thought they were okay in their heritage as Jews. But he says to them this, I am going away, and you will seek me. You'll try to find me then. And the words that are highlighted, you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. That order is correct. You'll die in your sin, and you can't come where the Lord Jesus is going and where the Lord Jesus is now. In the Old Testament, the book of Leviticus, chapter 16, it's the story of the Day of Atonement. And we'll look at it in a moment, but there were two little goats, two little goats, and one of them was chosen to die at the moment, at the time, and that blood was used to go inside the holiest place. But the other goat was the living goat, and we read in verse 21, Aaron, who was the high priest, shall lay, and that means to lean with all of his weight, lay both his hands upon the head of the living goat, and confess over him. Now look at three times where this word all is there. Confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel, and all their transgressions, in all their sins, putting them, what? The things that are just mentioned, the iniquities, the transgressions, the sins, putting all of them upon the head of the goat, and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness, and the goat shall bear, shall carry upon him all their iniquities. Lastly, Isaiah 53, verse 6, it says this, The Lord, that is God, has laid, that means it's past tense, it's done, The Lord God has laid on him, the Lord Jesus, the iniquity of us all. So my question is, where the sin is? That's where I want to point our thoughts and our attention. Where the sin is. And before we look at that in some detail, I want you to answer this question. Where are your sins right now? Where the sin is. Where are your sins right now? Now. I know that sometimes when people talk about sin, there are things that come to their mind, like murder and some of the terrible, terrible things that you read about and hear about in the headlines and in the news. But you know as well as I, and we'll probably refer to it in a moment or two, that um, the first sin committed as far as earth is concerned that we could see was when Adam and Eve took the forbidden fruit. In other words, they disobeyed God. The sin that came before that was in the heart, the sin of pride. And we've mentioned it over and over again, that the first sin and the worst sin is pride. So where are your sins right now? Now, whether the fruit was an apple or I've seen some have illustrated it as a pomegranate, it really doesn't matter. The fruit on that tree that was forbidden, whatever it was, God said of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, 
don't eat it. Thou shalt not eat. And all of us know what happened. We know what sin is. It's breaking God's law. God said, don't, and they did. That's what sin is, breaking the commandment of God, breaking God's law. God made man with the idea that forever he would have a perfect relationship, nothing between God and man. That was before sin. So many artists have tried to illustrate what it looked like in the garden. All I know is it was beautiful. I'm not sure that, in fact, as I'm almost positive, that Adam and Eve couldn't actually see God. They heard his voice. We know that. They felt his presence. They saw the handiwork. But God is a spirit. This was before the Lord Jesus was incarnated. Whether they saw anything or not, I don't know. The point is this, that God was giving them a paradise, something beautiful. But something happened. And again, all of you know the story. Sin came in. And there was a wall as a result of that sin, a wall between God's creatures, his first two human beings, Adam, Eve, handmade by God, if you will, as a result of sin that came into the world. And so that relationship that God intended to be perfect, when sin came in, that relationship was broken. Paul, in writing to the Romans, says in chapter 3, concerning those that are not saved, there is no fear of God before their eyes. And if nothing else, when we think about sin and we think about God, it should create fear in us. And I'm not saying that to scare people. I'm saying that to say this. We cannot dare to meet God in our sin. If there's anything we should fear, it's this, to meet God in our sin. Because what comes after that is absolutely tragic and unchangeable. It's eternal. So I want to just emphasize the truth. As a result of their sin, Adam and Eve were shut out from the presence of God. So where the sin is, it's on the sinner. And he said to those people, you will die in your sin, and where I'm going, you cannot come. I know if I was to ask anybody who's listening, you'd say, well, where is God? And you would say, in heaven. Jesus says, where I'm going, which is heaven, you can't come. The reason is because of your sin. All of us have sinned, Romans 3. All of us have come short. We've missed the mark, God's glorious standard which is righteousness, which is absolute sinlessness. None of us who are at all honest with ourselves first in God, we can't claim that we have never, ever sinned. And you know that in the story, in the scripture, when the Lord Jesus was arrested, they wanted him dead. They wanted him out of their life, out of their world. They hated the Lord Jesus because he was perfect. The judge at his trial, Pilate, he said he was perfect. He said he was innocent. He said there was no fault. But because he was political, he was going to condemn him to death. And so he asked for water to wash his hands, saying, I'm innocent. Well, of course, water is never going to wash away any sin. He was just trying to salve his own conscience. The people said, okay, then his blood, in other words, the guilt of the blood of Jesus, who is innocent, his blood be on us. 
where the sin is on us and on our children. Now, I know humankind well enough, starting with my own self and others. There are times when we do things, and that's what we want to do, simply cover our face. And the reason is, is because we feel our guilt. There's something inside of us that that hurts, that bothers us, that won't let us sleep, that makes us cry, whatever the case is, and that thing's called guilt. And it's as a result of our sin, whatever kind of sin it is, good sin or not so bad sin, however you wish to describe it, sin in the eyes of God is sin. Here's what the psalmist said, and he took ownership. My iniquities have gone over my head. In other words, the things I've done, they're like this huge, this heavy burden, and it's too heavy for me. Let me say this clearly, that if we have no understanding of the consequences of our sin, the fact that we're lost, if we're never lost, we can never be found. We can never be saved. The gospel is good news, yes. The gospel is marvelous news. It's a gospel of life and hope, salvation, but we don't need it in our thinking unless we realize what sin is doing and has done in our experience. So where the sin is, we read about it when we read about the scapegoat, where Aaron laid both his hands on the head of this living goat. There were two goats, as I mentioned. There were two goats, and they were taken, and one was killed at the moment because its blood would be used on that Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement was a a scary day, really, for the children of Israel, because out loud, there were going to be things said that would have to do with each and every one of them. All their sins, they were laid, all their transgressions, all of their iniquities were laid on the head of that living goat. There wasn't 25 or 100 people gathered around watching Aaron do this. There was likely over a million people and they would gather around. Some of them probably couldn't see. Maybe some of them had trouble even hearing, talking about the various sins that Aaron was talking about when he leaned with all of his weight on the head of that little goat. Now, most of you have been around little animals like that. Imagine a little goat or a little sheep, and you realize that little goat didn't do anything. He didn't do the sinning. He didn't have iniquities. He didn't have transgressions. He's innocent. And that's just wrong. He shouldn't be the one that is having all of these things put on him. I tried to illustrate it this way. Here's this little goat. And if you can just imagine in your mind that that little goat, and as Aaron is speaking, and he speaks about individual sins and this was one of them that would every single person who was watching and listening would realize, yes, I've lied. And that sin like a like a big rock is put on the back of that little goat. And and I've wanted things that didn't belong to me. I've coveted. And I've taken things that didn't belong to me. That's stealing. And those are just a few of the many sins that were laid. No, they didn't see anything when Aaron was talking. But God was wanting them to Imagine in their hearts, imagine in their minds that every single sin was like this load that was laid on that little goat because the goat was going to have to carry them all away. That's really what salvation is, isn't it? To have my sins carried 
away. And so it was that that little goat was taken out into the wilderness. And it's almost as if you can imagine on his back is burden, this load of sin, my sin. So where the sin is, on the sinner, on the scapegoat, now on the Savior. This is what we read last of all, Isaiah 53. It says, the Lord God laid on him, the Lord Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Peter writes these words. He, Jesus, personally carried. Remember the little goat that was carrying sins? And when they watched that little goat going away, God wanted them to realize that little goat is taking my sins away. They weren't taken away, actually. He wanted them to think about what was coming. And this is what was coming. Jesus personally carried our sins. He carried my sins. Where? In his body, like the body of that little goat, on the cross and by his wounds, you were healed. Our sins, his wounds. That's hard to understand and to comprehend. And on the cross of Calvary, the Lord Jesus, in the darkness, because it wasn't what people did to Jesus that took my sins away. That's what God did. He was dealing with sin in a sacrifice who was his son. And in the darkness, when there wasn't anyone to help him, he cried these words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? The reason why, if you looked in the mirror, you would see the reason why. You're the reason. I'm the reason why he was forsaken. The verse just before our text was this. He, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. There's that word again. He was crushed, bruised for our iniquities. There's the other word. And the chastisement, the punishment for our peace, or the punishment to bring us peace was on him, the one that didn't do anything. And by his stripes, we're healed. So, my sins were laid on Christ. I know that. I'm thankful that I found that out. Did anything happen? Did God do something right then so that I could be sure of that? No, it was already done. The Lord God laid on Jesus, already done. And my sins can only be in one place at one time. So the question that we asked earlier, where are your sins? You say, well, I'm not sure. Well, what does God say? The Lord God laid on Jesus the sins, the iniquities of us all. His blood cleanses us from all sin. And on the cross of Calvary, that's where he suffered. The Old Testament Lamentations, I, Jeremiah writes these words. It's almost a question, if you can imagine, that Jesus is asking as he's on the cross. Is it nothing to you? Doesn't it mean anything to you, all of you who pass by? Behold and see if there's any sorrow like my sorrow. And then he says, from above, he has sent fire into my bones. Almost like this blowtorch of punishment that came from heaven and burned right into his bones, as these words describe. Why would he do that? He did it because he loves you. He did it because he loves me. He did it because it was necessary. He suffered all of that, but there's an old hymn that we sing together sometimes, and it says this. There's a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. That's from Jesus. 
and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains, washed clean by the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus on the cross. We sing these words. I see the burden of my sin by God upon him laid, and he, the spotless Lamb of God, my sacrifice was made. My sin, your sin, laid on Christ. And where my sin is, my punishment has to be. So look at this question and answer this question for yourself. When will this be true that my sin was laid on the Lord Jesus? When will this be true for you? A long time ago, November 9th, 1958, I realized that when Jesus was suffering for sin, it wasn't his. It was mine. And if he suffered for my sin, I would never have to suffer myself. That's our prayer. I want you to ask yourself that question, where is my sin? And understand this, what God has promised, God who can't lie, God laid on him the iniquity of us all. What wonderful words! Though we have the tremendous burden of sin upon our souls, God has laid them on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. What a wonderful Savior we have! One who was ready, willing, and able to save us from our great debt of sin. Are you tired of carrying around this burden? It's getting heavier every day. We're good at pushing it down and pretending it doesn't affect us. But sooner or later, the guilt rises up again. Unpaid debts, regretted actions, wicked thoughts and actions. We desperately need to get rid of them. We cannot face God in our sins. Only Christ can take away your heavy load. Have you come to him with your load? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message, and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is John Sharp. And thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.